Oh, late. Now, Sporty Jackie Demings, I'm back in the motherfucking building, man. Listen, the title of this podcast is going to be called Let's Get Ready to Rumble. Now, not only because of its obvious title, but there's a few people I do have to address. Now, I want to start this whole thing off by giving a little recap. And if you guys don't know what's happening, there's been news that has been broken that DJ Academics will uh, exercise his business freedom and, of course, his streaming freedom to stream on a platform that some people clearly don't appreciate. Okay? Now, the platform's called Rumble. I will get into that in a little bit. But before I get there, I want to touch up on a few things before. Now, what are we talking about? You know, uh, I create content for many different platforms. We're here on Spotify. I love Spotify, okay? I do podcasts for Spotify, correct? Uh, I make YouTube videos. I've done that for years, okay? I've live streamed on Twitch for over a decade. Now, let me be honest with y'all. And this is what kind of perturbs me about everything, right? The people who usually have the most opinion have never supported or ever helped build. Okay, you've never heard the loudest and most critical voice come from the supporter. It's always the people who've been hating the whole time. So yet again, an announcement was made, and I'm hearing the same dissenting voice. The people who have never liked me from day one, the people who have never, you know, last week we were talking about the top 10 media personalities. These same people all said, why is Ak on the list? They said, why is, why is he a factor? We don't care. Yet to only a week later prove the exact opposite, that they do care. Why do they care? Because they feel like a business move of mine is now shaping the entire rap media and political ecosphere. Now, we're going to talk about that. But before we get to that and I address some of these people specifically who've been hating for so long instead of actually making their own way and also paving the way for people, let me talk about how I've done it. Because... What a lot of people say when they say academics is they, they usually stop short of saying he's an innovator. He's the person who back in 2010, he was trying to get into radio the traditional way. But once he realized niggas had to suck dick, niggas had to bring crates and do all that weird shit. And you had to be in the know and be cool and network with niggas who you don't like. And he said, let's go the direct route to the people. Let's go through the Internet. It was laughed at. I remember. When I was on Twitch and people used to say, he's a dweeb on Twitch. It was a joke to the majority of people who was watching my plight and watching my come up. It's only years later that they're now looking at where I decide to stream as such a big thing. Isn't that ironic? I'm only talking irony, people, because... What we have is a bunch of people who are now trying to impose their opinions on something they've never supported, on a person they have always hated, and also they have never ever showed or been proven to be innovative at all. Instead, they're usually saying, hey, look at Ak. This is why you guys shouldn't have progressed past our way of media and our way of doing things. We wouldn't do that. They've never been brave enough to make a mistake. They've never been brave enough to take a leap of faith. They've never been brave enough to do anything that would make them noteworthy. They're soapbox warriors. They sit on the sideline. They criticize every move, but they have no impact. They hang in Twitter circles. They're on spaces, but their voice ain't loud enough even when they link together. The people they hate, they obsess about and watch their every move. These are the people... We call crab in a barrel. We're going to get to them. But before we could lead, sometimes we got to look where we're coming from. Now, 
for everybody who's got even to this point of the podcast, this is going to be filled with a lot of disrespect. Yes, people disrespect me. You should expect it 10 times fold. I never, I never initiate it, but I always escalate it. So if you've gotten to this part, I would imagine that, you know, act going to do act, but you want to hear some sensible rationale. So let me give you a little quick history lesson. So in 2010, I started to stream. Well, actually, uh, around 2009, I started to do YouTube. Around 2012, I started to do live streams. Uh, the reason why I started to do live stream, I started building up uh, multiple different audiences on YouTube. One was my main page. I was covering the main artists like Kanye West and Drake. I also had some other pages like, you know, for example, we're covering like some new underground rappers. And also I was even covering the Chicago scene circa 2013. Now, what was interesting is that I always treated my uh, uh, what I do in media like the newspaper. I didn't feel like I had to serve a particular neighborhood or a particular city like many radio stations at the time, which, by the way, that was the way to go. Everybody wanted to be known as the number one in a region. But I said, what about if I could be known as the number one in the world? Number one in the USA. That was a crazy thought because back then all the radio niggas were running around saying, yo, we're syndicated. And that was the only thing that mattered. Syndication doesn't matter when you're online. I don't know if somebody's listening to me in New Zealand, Zimbabwe, Australia, Iceland, Ukraine, Jamaica, Guatemala, Peru, Brazil. I don't know if somebody in Mexico listened to me or maybe they're here in New Jersey. Now, that was my method. It took a while for me to catch steam. I, I, I told you the whole grind. Seven videos a day. Every day, I had a job, full-time job at that too, bills, $100,000 in student loans from Rutgers University. I had to pay all that back, getting evicted, had a girlfriend, trials and tribulations, all type of drama, but I persevered. So these platforms were going up, and I had multiple platforms, but I didn't feel I had a core. That's how I got to streaming. So I got to streaming because I said, how could I speak to the people who really like me no matter what I say? And the reason why that was important for me is because when you are a broadcaster and someone who does the news or a blogger, whatever you want to call it, sometimes people will only listen to you when you talk about their favorite artists. Now, those people are very important. But here's the thing. There's always a new artist. And here's the thing. There's always times where the news is dead. Who would... Enjoy your entertainment or your form of entertainment when there was nothing to talk about. That was important for me to find very early on. I did something that was not popular. I said, I'm going to go on a new platform called Twitch. It was before called Justin TV. I went to Twitch. I had a PS4. I didn't even have a camera at that time. I had a little mic that you could talk to other players when you played a video game. And I said, hey, if anybody cares, I didn't even put up any announcements, no tweets. I just mentioned it in a video one day. I'm going to be on Twitch. The reason why I didn't want to make a big thing out of it, because I wanted the most loyal supporters of mine to show themselves. I wanted to build a core. Now, as you listen to this, whether you be a rapper, whether you be anybody who's trying to build any type of audience, you are going to get something from what I did. And this is what I'm talking about, the difference between me and them. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you the blueprint. You're going to see it. 
You're going to see the work. It didn't happen overnight. It's not because I knew this guy or that guy. It's because I fucking did it, and I fucking worked for it, and I put in the work. The most of these dudes talking, soapbox warriors never put in the work. Or if they were willing to put in the work, they were willing to put in the work in a safe way. They never took chances. They never took chances with saying, hey, fuck a cozy job. Let me put my all into my own brand, and I could go homeless, and I could lose my car. But that's what it takes. So these are the people that, that's left now at their jobs that they're disgruntled with that's now criticizing me for moves and positions that they could never be in. What the irony? We'll get to that too. So I started streaming. And I remember back in 2013, I had like 30 people on my stream and we were just talking about stuff that I knew I couldn't talk about on my main YouTube channels just because you know, like, listen, certain type of joke, locker room talk. Hey, when you're reporting the news, it might be inappropriate. Or I know we're in a woke time now, but even then, certain topics were really too sensitive to really even have really any discourse around. So I, I started doing that. Now, there was zero financial incentive. None. After a few months on the platform, Twitch realized that I was a big YouTuber. They gave me partnership, but I wasn't a gamer. The platform was known for gaming. It was all about gamers. I didn't care. I wasn't good at games. I tried to play it, but it wasn't about the games. It was about me talking to the people. It was about me like, okay, cool. I could connect with the people who watch my, my real videos. And I've always said having an army of 300 loyal fans is better than having 300,000 fringe fans that come and go. So I sought to get my 300 fans. I was only at 30 at that time. I kept streaming. I kept streaming. And I said, let me step up the production. How are these other guys doing it? Got an Elgato. Got a computer. Start figuring it out more and more. I really liked Fortnite and 2K. And I started doing wagers on stream. And then I said, you know what? Like, I'm not good at none of these games. But they just like me making jokes. And I expanded. I started talking to women and bringing girls on there and flirting and all that type of stuff with people that they could see. Start telling stories about my life that would normally be taboo to even reveal. It would be cringy. And by the way, a lot of people who say he's corny, he's cringy, you know nothing about them. They wouldn't reveal anything that made them look less than what they are portrayed to be. I am just a man. I am not perfect. I am just academics. And that's what they all hate because hip-hop has been built on facades. You get these glorious nicknames about dudes who sold bricks that never got indicted or killed niggas that never got caught. That's what hip-hop's all about. But just like when Kanye West came into the game and Kanye West just, be, just became, or not even became, he just did what he normally did it was shocking. How could this guy who's into fashion, who's wearing pink polos, what's up with this? Yes, there was a time that being yourself was shocking. For a lot of y'all listen to me, y'all might be like, no, no way. Yes, these days you can't win online without being yourself. So you might say, that sounds distant. But I went through my ups and lows and my highs and lows and ups and downs and highs and lows and 
you know, uh, uh, not to go on too many tangents, but I, I, just, I remember like chasing around these loving hip hop chicks, right? Because all these people, it's all about who you sit next to. I used to chase them around and try to get a name off of that. And I remember saying to myself, if the people don't love you for you and they only love who you're sitting next to, what does that make you to be? So that's how my content slate started. My um, Twitch kept ramping up. Some people were live streaming, but not a lot. And even then, there was no one live streaming doing hip hop. Let me say that again. There was no one live streaming doing hip hop music, talking about lifestyle stuff that that encompassed those two things on Twitch. It was mostly gamers. But I continued. By the way, not say I needed kudos, but no one back then said he's innovative. He's whatever. Anytime I'd go viral, maybe for listening to music, maybe for whatever, could be an embarrassing moment. You know what everyone said? He's a goofy, a geek, he's corny. He's on Twitch. It only came to pass that years later, where rap these days are all, rappers make more sales by showing their personality off than music that everybody's running into the influencer space. They see people like Kai Sinat, Aiden Ross, your rage, Bruce. They see all these people who are gaining and having consistently 20,000 plus people watching them on a nightly basis. It's only then they've realized, let's all become vloggers and let's now try streaming. But before there was a huge taboo. Now, while everybody thought I was just in a basement, you know, just waiting for my mama to come down with the plate and give me some food and get this fat old stomach getting popping. They don't realize not only am I creative, I'm an astute businessman. Though it became a time where Twitch needed my services. They needed me to stream a little bit more because they were in the middle of a deal negotiating with um, one of the top three conglomerates, or actually all three, the, 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 the top, I call them the big bad wolves, Sony, Warner, UMG, and they needed to show that hip-hop was not only um, thriving here on Twitch, but it was c contributing to music sales rather than taking away from it because, you know, the labels were mad that streamers used to stream the music and they didn't feel it was promotion. So they gave me a deal. They said, hey, listen, you do music conversation. You play music too, but you're, you're starting to build a name in the music business. Stream a little bit more because no one likes Twitch. Now, I hate to go through these painstaking details, but the people who are quick to have these opinions about me that paint me with the broad brush, they don't pay attention to the details. Once again, they're too lazy. Number two, they're too stupid to realize the net effect of everything that's been going on. They look up one day and they say, how did academics get the biggest platform? I heard all the idiots say that last week. How did I get to number two? You haven't been paying attention. Too many vacations, too many Rock Nation brunches, too many dick-sucking sessions, too many you guys playing, playing fucking juggling each other's balls. I did it under your nose, and I did it without your help. That's another reason I'm offended. Everybody talking about it never wrote an article. All these media niggas, they've never wrote an article saying, hey, what Atkins doing over there is like really, is changing the game. Radio was phasing out, podcasts, but this is a pre-podcast. 
I made streaming in hip hop, hip hop conversations before, before No Jumper went to streaming, before you had Back on Fig and Community, before you have Joe Budden who was streaming out to which that's my man's. Academics was streaming. But like most of these guys, even if they are innovators, their business is always lacking. So now let me speak about that. When Twitch came to me, they came to me with a year contract. By the way, streaming was not profitable because my audience did not match what they felt was the criteria to get the bags. But they started seeing influence because every time I'd go viral on Twitter, the conversation became bigger than Twitch. Academics being on Twitch and constantly being brought up in these conversations where Twitch was the source of these content clips made it that Twitch was now being ingratiated into culture. That is such a hard thing to do. Now, at that time, no one is saying, yo, act, why are you over at Twitch? Why are you not in revolt? You know, because that's what they're trying to do now, right? Like a platform is a platform to me. A platform is a platform. Twitch couldn't tell me what to do. And if they did, I would leave. <laughs> so anyway, and what I mean, can't, can't tell me what to do. If they, they can't tell me what to talk about. They can't tell me what opinion to have. I've always said, if they could control your opinion, you don't matter. I've said that one of my very first quotes since I got in the game, but they haven't been listening. Okay. So what happens next? My contract is done. It's over in a year. Around 2020. It's over. And when that contract runs up, Twitch starts to drag their feet. They start looking at me. Maybe how Spotify looked at Joe. And I know we're on Spotify now. I love Spotify. How, maybe how Spotify looked at Joe after Joe went in. Let me explain. The market got bigger. I was the only hip-hop guy of relevance that was there. There was some couple other niggas, but they were trash, irrelevant. I went there. And after my contract was up, and I went viral all over the place, T-Pain showed up. T-Grizzly showed up. There were like 40 new rappers who they wanted before me that showed up after me. And they showed up for free. Now, granted, I don't want to speak on no one else's business. I only know mine. Maybe they did do some deals here or there. And from what T-Pain told me, he had to deal with them. So the money they gave me, who I spearheaded the shit, they brought to somebody else. Ain't that a bitch? But I couldn't be mad. It was business. I was still growing my audience, and I had to remember why I got there and why and realize my impact. I paved the way for hip-hop to be cool and ingratiated on Twitch. Fast forward to even now, 2023. Every rapper goes on a Twitch streamer's platform when it's album time. We see 21 Savage playing with Kai Sinat. We've seen Drake call in. We've seen motherfucking little Baby showing. Everybody shows up. However, I was still doing my thing. Am I salty? No. Did I silently realize my worth? I did. 
So, let's get to the inevitable. And by the way, to, to, to let people know, I'm not banned from Twitch. Twitch gave me a two-week suspension. It's neither here nor there why that suspension happened. It has nothing to is nothing related to this particular um, situation we're talking about. And actually, at the time of this recording, I'll be back on Twitch in four or five days. My account will be restored. That's not part of why this happened. But when I get to talk to business, when I get to talk business with some of y'all, I lose y'all. Because some of y'all are stuck in the soapbox and it's all about culture. We're going to get there. So Twitch realized, why pay for the cows when we're getting the milk for free? They announced about a year ago, they're done with exclusive creator deals. They say, hey, we already got all y'all niggas here. We don't got to pay y'all no more. Y'all not going nowhere. And y'all giving us the content for free. Why would we give y'all incentive to stay here? Work for what you need to get. Now, for a small creator like myself, in terms of Twitch, who's brought so much value on a cultural level, I could only take note of that, but I couldn't be, I couldn't be mad. They were right. They were right. There is no, hey, here's a trophy after the game is over, or, hey, we did a deal, but I, I really made out like a fat pig off the deal, so let me give you some more. No, in life, you get not what you deserve, but what you negotiate. So it was at that moment, I said to myself, I am finally a free agent. I've never been a free agent when it came to stream, but I was finally a free agent. What did that mean? Under the original Twitch partnership contract, one could not multi-stream on other platforms. You could not stream on Twitch and on TikTok on, on Twitch and Facebook, on Twitch and Twitter, on Twitch and YouTube, on Twitch and on Rumble. You could not. You could only stay on Twitch. Otherwise, you would lose your partnership. Also potentially get banned. But now after they said we're done with the exclusives, I it's not even throwing somebody a bone. They, just, they literally said this is how comfortable they were. Hey, you guys can go elsewhere. We just know you have so much built-up value here, you ain't going to leave forever. So at that point, I was finally able to put my live streams on other platforms. So I multi-streamed to YouTube and also to Facebook. To give you the numbers comparison, I, I would normally average around, let's say 4,000 people. 4,000, maybe 5,000 when I'm on Twitch. Um, within a few months of streaming on all platforms, keep in mind, I've always been the biggest on YouTube. And per the contract that Twitch had all streamers in, I couldn't stream to YouTube. But after they pretty much let the reins go, I would stream on four different platforms at the same time. My numbers went from four to 5,000 to now 15,000. And during the Megan Tory thing, shit, I was averaging like 40,000. So you almost like triple or quadruple your numbers. And then you start realizing the open market is the way to go. As a streamer, I still love Twitch. And I'll always love Twitch. And I'll still be on Twitch. That's the funny part about it. We're going to get to some specifics in a bit. But I learned a very important lesson.
when Kanye says, let me not even use Kanye because you know his his sayings are like really tied with so many things. If Twitch wasn't giving me an incentive to only remain loyal and stay with them exclusively, why would I stay with them without testing the market or without multi-streaming? That's the point. That's the whole point. <clears throat> to be very clear and to be very frank, um, and to get to what most of you guys been been, been talking about before I get to some of the bozos. I met the Rumble creator or the Rumble um uh the Rumble CEO at my boy Steve Will Do His Crib. Very cool dude. He told me about this platform, which he was hoping to thrive. Six Nine was there. Six Nine said, Yo, you know what you guys don't have on this platform? You don't have culture. The one thing he said to me is like, yo, act, they have us fucked up. They're calling us a political platform. Yes, we do have political guys. Some of them have been ostracized from other platforms because of either stuff they've said or whatever the case is. However, we don't want to be a just a political uh, platform. We want to be a platform for everybody. We want to be a platform that's inclusive. We want to be a platform that people could come and talk about music. People come and play games. People play instruments. And I had that conversation, and it was like about a couple months ago, and I said, that's good. Now, I checked out the website. I ain't going to lie. There is a lot of people who you would say are in the alt-right cloud there. But that doesn't mean the platform only supports people that are alt-right. So anyway... I know some people are going to get to the funding and whatever the case is. Listen, I could only tell you my truth. So I had the conversation with these guys. I was going to actually, you know, um, I was almost at the finish line to sign with another platform. But that platform brought up a few things that I was against. And I won't get into those things because I would easily dox that situation. And I'm not here to burn bridges. I'm here to shit on people, not burn bridges. Regardless, I chose to do a deal with Rumble. Why did I do a deal with Rumble? This isn't political. I'm not going to Rumble to talk politics. By the way, I seen people trying to create parallels because I took a picture with Trump. Brother, I've been saying I fuck with Trump for a little bit. I wasn't fucking with him four years ago. I'm tired of Biden. I like him now. By the way, hey, if it ain't him... I like the other dude, DeSantis, okay? By the way, in four years, check on me. I might be thinking differently. Maybe I like somebody who's a little bit more moderate or maybe left-leaning. Or, shit, maybe I, maybe I just want a fucking Martian. I don't know. But this was the thing that, that kind of pissed me off about the people who said I was going all right. There's nothing that's changing about academics. So... Here's some of the specifics that I can reveal. I'll be on Rumble for the majority of the time when I'm streaming. Actually, I'll always be on Rumble when I'm streaming. However, I'll still be on Twitch. I'll still be on YouTube. I have a large audience on both platforms. I'm not abandoning it. However, there's a mutual understanding. 
Brumble could use this as an opportunity to bring in some people who are culturally, um, that would be my audience, right? Again, not for political reasons, but as a platform. They care about numbers. Yes, they might have Steven Crowder on there, but they also have Andrew Tate. I don't think he's all right. He's just like Andrew Tate. And it's sad how politics actually rules so many people's opinion of things because you know what's funny? I never sat back while all of these motherfuckers, whether they were in Black Lives Matter or elsewhere, getting all these type of donations and kickbacks for solely doing and accomplishing whatever the goal was of whatever political party. I never really started saying, oh, you guys or whatever, whatever. I didn't give a fuck. This is not even a political play. Uh, aside from my personal, which, by the way, who knows? I might not like Trump tomorrow. I might not like him tomorrow. <laughs> I'm just telling you what I think today. I'm telling you what I think today. Other than what I personally think and believe and would personally want to vote, this move is nothing but a business move. I don't give a fuck about audience want to want to want to rock with that. I, actually, the, if you follow my content, politics is probably two percent of what we get into. That won't change. That'll never change. I'm not a political pundit. I'm not a political commentator. I'm somebody who I talk shit. I analyze this, I joke on music, I joke on these social situations, that's it. But the same people who were saying acts going all right are the same people who've had us been like just fucking blindly just going Democrat for you. Y'all are trying to make it political when academics, a music platform, goes to rumble. Are y'all serious? These people, if you ask me, they're losing grasp of whatever agenda they have. And my whole thing is that uh, if you thought I was involved in politics before this move, I'd be the same involved going forward. If you thought I wasn't involved, I wasn't involved. I still won't be involved. Um, there's nothing that's changing. There's no agenda. Here's the point. I'm going to still be able to stream on other platforms within certain limits. They're clearly respecting the fact that I did what I did at Twitch. They're hoping that I could make it at least somewhat cool for people to say, hey, this is another platform we can stream on. They're not trying to get your minds. They're not trying to get your souls. They're not trying to push you left or right. You could go on there. You could watch super right wing people. You could watch left wing people. What the fuck you want to do? I don't give a fuck. You could go in there and watch gamers. You could go in there. The Fresh and Fit is on there. This is just like any other deal. It's like Nicki Minaj and Youngboy going to AMP. That's an exclusive deal. Those companies are trying to hope that Youngboy and Nicki Minaj's fan base use that particular product more. In turn, they compensate Nicki Minaj pretty well. In turn, I've been compensated pretty well. That's it. Once again, I'm not into this other stuff. So, 
for the people who don't pay attention and, and the dummies in the back, my content just won't change. And I'll still be on the, uh, the platforms you claim I'm leaving. So how is this anything that's that crazy explosive? If anything, it's pretty much signaling that because you guys can't control where and how I use my brand and leverage it. Especially when we're in, like, I'm trying to show live streamers and you know you know I, i've given this 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 take already you know aiden signed with kick good for him he deserves it this guy's putting so much into streaming that somebody should pay the bag for him someone should compensate him properly you see kai who just did 30 days of a, a subathon on twitch they sent him some sneakers euro with drake said get a man 50 million dollars What happens when the platform says, fuck no, you're not going anywhere anyway? Why do we need to show you that we give a fuck? Why do we need to compensate you in any way? And this is, again, I'm going to circle back to this point. The same people who won't even admit that I spearheaded streaming in the sense of hip hop is now mad that I'm trying to further the business of appreciating platforms that do the same i know how much these niggas are getting from streaming pennies all these motherfuckers who are commenting whether they work for a paper or they work for a radio station if they get rosen uh, yeah i gotta call some names out rosenberg you're a fucking dweeb and a bum i offered you a fade you said you didn't want i don't even know why you're still talking about me I don't even know why you're still talking about me, you fucking sucker. You copped the plea. You sent me a whole paragraph, start writing books. Listen, man, whatever happened with your little, you know, your obsession with black men like myself is caused to the demise of your ex-wife cheating on you with another man, another black man. You too worried about black men. And not the black man you probably should have been worried about that was, you know, romping with your girl. So she left your ass. Now you in shambles. Now you're still doing the same thing. Brother, how long? How, yo, listen, it's, it's like that meme. Yo, old man, how many times we going to teach you this lesson? Boy, this out of your league. To add insult to injury, I seen your goofy ass getting your little bifocals looking on the list. Yeah, I'm number two. I don't even remember where you were at. You the backpack dude. The dude that's not good with technology. The dude who claim he invented hip-hop podcasts, yet everybody else is bigger than you. Yet you got no deals. Yet nobody talks about you. But you know what? The little dweebs on Twitter who are like, oh, we're the purest. We care about that. Nobody talks about you, bro. I was listening to you as a child. And I've built a 50 times bigger audience than you, nigga. What have you been doing? What do you have to show for your effort but hate? What do you have to show for your fucking effort? You're a C Mike at a failing radio station, nigga. You never kept up with the times. I pray to never be you. This is why I step out of my comfort zone many times. This is why I look to the new. This is why I try to be brave even though I know bitches like you will slander me. You've been stuck on stupid and stuck in your career for 20 years straight. 
Ebro, I seen the little shit you've been saying. You know why niggas don't really even respond to you because you don't play fair with people. When you had a problem with Tax Stone and he wanted to do all type of stuff to you, when he mentioned a few things that were sacred to your heart, you called up a company to get him fired. We know how you get down, brother. You act like one of them when you want to be. So you're the last person. You're the last person that's going to tell me how to move. We know your game. Let me bait you into something slip and fall. You the first person calling the ambulance chasers, calling up HR. You're one of them. We ignore you. All of the young rappers you told wouldn't prosper, they're superstars. We ignore you. I know it kills you when you sit up at Apple and you got to play with some of the same dudes you claimed you couldn't stand and who didn't have talent. But just like everything, life goes on and we all get older. And you got to embrace the new or get the fuck one out of here. And even you have been forced to kiss the ring. You're kissing it now. I look at the playlist. You're kissing it on bending knees. There's a bunch of other people who are definitely they'll remain nameless. Because y'all are so antiquated in this game. I see y'all trying to bond together. Oh, my God. I'll read a few things that I heard some of y'all bum ass niggas say. Um, let's try to address some of these things. They claim that the blogs are designed to build large followings and spread right wing propaganda. Yo, this is why y'all are out of touch, bro. Y'all got to get back in touch. This is why people laugh at y'all. All of y'all, I don't want to call y'all name because y'all are just y'all are disgraceful little niggas to me. Peons. I've grown a platform. You have not. How are you telling me what's going to happen? So let me tell you, if I wanted to grow the biggest platform, what I would do. The BuzzFeed model still works. Super safe, super woke, soapbox shit, call people out, stand on, stand like you're the moral police. That's what people want. Let me tell you the truth. My Instagram right now would probably have 10 million people. I've been shadow banned probably about eight times in the last two years. I speak to my reps at Instagram. Even they won't admit it, but we all know how Instagram goes. There was a time I was, I, was, I was losing followers like it was going out of style despite my posts going good. There was a time that I've never seen this as much. I had 5 million followers, yet my posts couldn't get 1,000 like. And it was within a stretch of period of time no matter what I posted. So shadow ban is real. Obviously, no company is going to admit to it because that's kind of like an internal thing. But you know every time I did get shadow banned because I ultimately figured out the reasons every time. You know why I got shadow banned? I got shadow banned because I posted something that was political. That's another reason why you should think. You think Act want to go to politics? No. I want to keep my cultural shit and chill out of the way. When I posted about politics, anything that was complimentary of the right wing or critical of Joe Biden Instant shadow ban. I'm telling you because I've been through it. Y'all never been through it. 
You see, some of y'all were smart and journalists as y'all say y'all were. Y'all probably hit me up and say, Ack, we want to write an article on that. You got some proof? Could you show us some things? Ack, could you let us know what's going on? We want to know if what you're saying is true. But none of y'all have the integrity who are speaking on me to actually not be lazy. Y'all are quote tweeters. Y'all are lazy. That's why I talk to y'all the way I do. Any comment or any article criticizing the Biden administration would get flagged somehow. And it would go towards points that got you shadow banned. Anything that made Trump look reasonably decent would get flagged. You know what I realized? Stay away from politics. By the way, anything that criticized Trump, which I posted those too. Yo, Trump finna get locked up, about to get indicted, viral. <laughs> so if I'm going by y'all logic, that right-wing propaganda is growing platforms like myself, how come you think if we want to grow, we would just get at Trump all day? That's what's winning. I have, I have post to prove. Criticize Biden, shadow ban. Criticize Trump, we're going through the roof. Now, granted, I'm keep telling y'all, I don't give a fuck. That's why. That's why on on Instagram these days, I have I've tried to reduce as much as we can because some things are just huge news. We can't avoid it. We've tried to avoid posting too much about politics. Fuck it. We don't care either way. We just want to focus on culture. So if that's the claim y'all are making, that's true. It's not true about my platform. But if you think it is, let's talk about it. Let me read some more things. Spent years yelling at about people responsible stewardship of an audience just to watch many of them casually Pivot to political propaganda. Is moving a rumble a political propaganda? This is what I don't like about these niggas. They'll never come back around and be like, yo, I watched him for two weeks on Twitch. And I'm watching him two weeks while he's on rumble. He's saying the same shit. He's saying the same shit. You're saying this, that's exactly what's going to happen. It's no political propaganda because you guys don't don't like certain people that might be on the platform. And I'm not going to act like I'm all the way educated on what they may have done to offend the groups or people that are that, that probably don't fuck with them. I didn't tell nobody to go to Rumble to go watch another nigga. Come to Rumble and watch me. And you could well, listen with all due respect to Rumble. Man, you could go wherever you got to go after that. Just watch what I got coming on. And by the way, for the people who are saying this, they don't watch me neither. This is what I hate about it. Ask the niggas who got the most comments on me. Do you follow academics? No. None of them follow me. None of the guys who we're talking about follow me. None. Yet, they keep talking about the advice they have given about following me. 
Nigga, you don't follow me. <laughs> okay. Someone quotes an article that says the massively black tabloid. The shade room is either wolf, woefully ignorant or it's willfully peddling right-wing conspiracy theories. And somebody says, I don't think it's a coincidence that so many big black bloggers are pivoting to right-wing propaganda. Brother, this is where some of y'all are starting to sound stupid, man. I don't know what y'all got going on. Listen, this is a country at a whole, man. A lot of people who like, yo, last, yo, yo, like, put it like this. I was probably moderate on Trump, like, um, I want to say like eight years ago, right? Uh, years ago? When did, when did he come into power? 2016? Yeah, eight years ago, I was like moderate on Trump. I was like, I don't know. But I ain't going to lie. He's kind of shitty on like, you know, social stuff. And, you know, we're in a time when that shit matters. It always matters. And I was like, ah, whatever, whatever. And then he gets selected. And I'm like, you know what? There's some good. I, 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 could, I, could, I could see, you know, whatever, whatever. Like, like, I'm trying to be objective, right? And this is what this little group thing, thing that all these little bum-ass niggas want people to get down with. Bro, I think these days, I don't think his platforms just kind of go in, uh, um, lean into right-wing propaganda. I think people just, they could now finally openly say, yo, I don't, I don't mind Trump as much. Before, it was like a taboo to talk about him. Then when he was in, it was a taboo to like him. Then now I think Biden did such a hack job that people are like, yo, yo, we don't mind having the motherfucker back. And that's how politics kind of works, if you ask me. It's like a pendulum. Like these are the guys, the good guys until they get in office. Is you you know who looks the best in politics? The person who ain't in office. If Trump wins, you know who's gonna look the best? Some new Democratic star like senator or dem uh, or governor. That's just kind of what happens. I think the platforms are just kind of reflecting the, the view of many people. I don't think they're leaning either way. And then it's kind of crazy when people is, uh, accuse, because again, this ain't right wing and left wing. Like, bro, this is like Trump. It, let's be like, like, of course, Trump is leaning one way, but this is Trump, right? Trump ain't cut no checks to no niggas, bro. <laughs> like, he's not cutting no checks. Well, maybe if you go do some little pump shit, you'll get a check from him to like, oh, whatever, whatever. And by the way, I got to talk about how I met him. But yeah. But Trump ain't just fucking, oh, yeah, I'm paying you platforms off. No, you know who does that? Bro, I got receipts of the Democrats was trying to, yo, when when Trump was running against that dude Biden, Biden's people came and offered me thousands of dollars. Actually, tens of thousands at times for group post or for me to make certain things that was supposedly in my voice so th this is the ridiculousness of it okay so if they do it and, and by the way you know again i'm just telling the the god honest truth okay if trump's people came to me and offered me money i would say yo they did at one point they never did or they haven't yet okay i'm being honest you know who offered me money democrats offer money all the time during political season they offer me mad money Nobody cares about that because, like, no, that's those are good guys. Like, come on, get a, you get a grip, like, get a grip, man. I get like some of y'all are sponsored by, I don't even know this George Sewer. I don't even know these niggas. Okay, maybe these things are what makes you guys feel like, oh my god, if academics isn't under the umbrella of our control, this might be a threat. So let's label him alt right. Fuck are y'all niggas talking about?
The only people who really ever offered. So really, so, so think about what I'm just saying. Just think about what I'm saying. Because I don't go on multiple tangents. If I was all about making money, right, from politics, from politics. By the way, my streaming, I have to go work for that. I have hours I have to do. I have to go work for that. I'm not, I'm not getting paid to endorse nobody. I have to go work for that. I got to go entertain for that. I got to go sit in front of this, this camera and this mic. I got to go work for that. Now, let's talk about alt-right. Why would I go alt-right when the only political party that ever offered me money to say I was with them, Democrats, the only stances to have to not get shadow back shadow banned on these platforms is being woke as hell beat on a soapbox and engaging in can cancel culture fuckery why wouldn't i be on that side why the hell would i go on the other side where it's not that good you get a shadow banned they're trying to call you like you're you know just because you have a black face they can't really call you racist but that's what they really want to say but they're basically asking, acting like you're a sellout, except you're not getting paid to sell out. Then they're going to try to make it that the money you're getting for your actual work. When I got paid from YouTube, and I'm still going to get paid from YouTube and still going to get paid from Twitch, am I, am, am, are they paying me to sell out or they're paying me for work? They're paying me for work that I did. Same with Rumble. It's just a platform. They're paying me for work that I'm going to do. That's it. But the tactics of labeling stuff all right is no different than when that bum-ass Biden went on a fucking tour and said, yo, you, you ain't black if you don't vote for me. And this is why the stupid, I don't even give a fuck what they say, man. Listen, I'm the right one because I don't give a fuck what these guys say. Now, I am responding to it because I know my voice is louder than theirs. So, you know, fuck the back and forth. They tweet all day. I say it once. Regardless, I, I'll tell you how I met Trump because, you know, some people are trying to incorrectly link to. Rumble is the exclusive streamer of the UFC. They signed Gideon and myself. They wanted to announce. When they announced, they wanted to do it in Miami. Okay. Dana White, because they also have another partnership with Dana White, not only for, 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 for streaming UFC, but for the Fight Slap League, which I believe Dana White's ahead of too. And they gave the CEO like four seats. And he's like, you know what? He wants to get some TV time and, and try to like, you know, make this big where he could announce the two new guys he signed for his platform. That's it. He signed two black dudes. Like first time he and Gideon met each other. Like, you know, by the way, he has a bunch of other people already. But this only made the noise in certain places because now people are thinking this is a way to infiltrate culture. No, it's not, bro. Like it's just literally, it's, it's a platform. It's no different than kick. I mean, sure, there might be some top ideology or top values or morals they have, but at the end of the day, the creator's going to do what the creator's going to do. What I'm telling you is no one's incentivized to put any propaganda out there. Actually, when me and with Chris, he says, listen, I'm trying to get this place to not be all about politics. Actually, please stay away from politics. Don't talk about it. That's what his advice was to me. Please don't talk about politics. We just want to make it cool that music could be, be over here. It's nothing else. <laughs> but, of course, you're going to have the cynics and everything like that. And, of course, these, this is why people stay. It's like people believe in Illuminati. 
it's convenient to believe in Illuminati and do nothing. While other people believe in hard work and accomplish their goals. Anyway, uh, to do that tickets, um, he wanted to just get some TV time. We went there. Trump uh, was supposedly going to be there. Trump fucks with Dana White. Dana White's a very, very uh, central and integral part of like, um, I don't know, like of that culture. And when I mean that culture, I I'm probably going to say, I'm going to just say white people culture, bro, because black people do love them some USC, man. Jesus Christ. Trump popped out. I ain't going to lie, uh, Secret Service walked by. Like, uh, there's a moment where I, there was a weird, uh, like, awkward handshake moment with me and him. I didn't shake his hand at first. It wasn't because of anything. I had my phone out trying to video it because, like, there was a loud eruption when he walked in. Didn't know it was him, even though we were sitting next to seats that said, it was like 15 seats that said 45. And I was like, what's that? They're like, yo, that's Trump. Like, he's supposed to be here. I'm like, oh, he ain't going to come. But then we saw his sons later on, which made it closer to a reality that he was going to come. And then, essentially, he walked by, and right when I'm filming, Secret Service, like, basically tells me, yo, stop filming. And, and I'm thinking, oh, shit. Like, I'm thinking about, yo, this is Secret Service. Yo, I got chains on. I'm black. Like, they might think this is a gun or some shit like that, bro. So I put my hand down, but then I look around, and everybody got their phone out. So right when he's super close up on me, I'm pulling my phone back out, and I missed the handshake. Eventually, we took a picture. And, you know, um, by the way, the picture was taken by um, Don Jr., which is his son. His son took the picture. You know, his son was, like, pretty cool. Like, I mean, his son, I think, is a big deal, too. But, like, his son was, like, the photographer. I kid you not. He took all the pictures, right? And I don't know if other people were banned from taking pictures. I don't know. But he took all the pictures. Um, regardless, also, there's, like, an orange tint uh, over the pictures. And essentially, essentially, that was because there's, like, different tints in the in the arena like it went to purple sometimes that time it just happened to be on orange there's an orange tint i'm even orange in the picture but you know um just all being said man i just kind of wanted to address all of this just because you know the people who have never supported me are just so loud and and it seemed like they're loud but they're not loud because they're all on twitter but they're all saying all bullshit and if I ask them to, to have a conversation with me, they don't want to have a conversation with me, but they want to talk about me. And if I ask them to support me, they don't want to support me. They're hoping I fail, but they get mad every time I succeed. Like, how do you win with people who just don't give you a chance, but always try to down on anything you do? They've never said anything I've done is innovative, but yet they want to criticize any deal I take. They always say I don't matter, but then I do matter when they want to make their own opinion about it. This shit is actually pretty frustrating. But that's why I tell people, and I tell people that watch me, man, fuck them niggas, man. They're always going to be in the crowd. They're always going to be the haters. And if not for anything, you don't got to agree with me on everything. Just put your fucking head down and work. And sometimes making a choice, again, making a choice while not thinking about all these motherfuckers who didn't, you shouldn't care about the opinion of the people that don't support you. You know who I cared about the opinion of? I cared about the opinion of my audience. I fought. I, 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 I said, yo, I'm not signing this deal if, if I have to give up all these other platforms and I can't even, you know, be on there even for a little bit, a little amount of time compared to what I'll be on Rumble because I have a huge fan base and a huge audience there and my, and my audience might not all come over at the same time. A lot of people have paid for subs on Twitch or they've invested their time and equity in being mods on all these other platforms. It's going to take a while. And I said, if I got to drop a shit to cold turkey, I can't do it. 
And they and they said, nah, you, you could multi-stream. And what's going to happen? If you're watching this now, I'm going to be streaming later tonight. And I'm going to be multi-streaming. I'm going to still be on YouTube. What's changed? What's changed? What's changed is that the people who never supported me, who never seen the vision of what live streaming could mean for, for cultural shit, have now tried to criticize me making a move that could hopefully, and by the way, if you're a creator, you could hit me up and I could give you some advice. This is a time for us, dude. This is a very unique time. I'm not telling you, and by the way, even though I know my man Chris would love for y'all to, to probably, if y'all have some type of clout, to come to Rumble, you don't got to go to Rumble, but this is the moment that I don't think streamers culturally will see for a while. You're, you matter. The equity is beyond just running ads on a platform. It's much beyond that. Your influence, your audience. And all I'm saying is that don't let people call you a sellout or say you're going all right just because you're tired of giving that shit away for free. You're tired of staying or being in one place that don't value what the fuck you're doing. Explore your options. You might explore your, your, all your options and stay where you at. But don't let people get you scared. Don't let people pressure you not to do something. Believe in yourself. I had to believe in myself when I had a full-time job, when I was $100,000 in debt, and people were offering me jobs because they realized maybe I had something there. I remember Q from Worldstar offered me $250,000 for me to leave what I had and to come build Worldstar News. And I said, no, it was more money than I was making at the time. That was a tough decision. If not for anything, please remember this. And I've always said, I'm, I might be one of the first, but I definitely won't be one of the last. Them dudes like Ebro Rosenberg, them Ohez that's commenting and trying to make this a political thing when it's not. They never understood streaming. They never spoke about it till now. They're trying to make it political because they feel like it, they feel like you used to be neutral or you used to be not in the way because they're politically charged. And now because you're over the, with at a company that they feel is opposition to them, they feel you're the enemy. So they want to hate on you rather than saying, hey, listen, Ak, I hope you're not going to just flip your political beliefs. They haven't even waited to see what I've said. They haven't even said, okay, is he going to stop talking about hip-hop and start talking politics? They haven't even seen that. But they want to make people feel like they know what's going on. They're scared. But they're all cowards. For all those journalists who are writing, you guys are too lazy. Too lazy and too less informed. You guys wrote think pieces and tweets rather than saying, hey, act, I want to understand what happened here. You could have your opinions. You could have questions, but speaking without knowing. Some of y'all have, if, if y'all just have an issue with Rumble, that's on y'all, my nigga. I keep telling y'all, keep it up the block when it comes to me. But then... Is it worth having a conversation with most of y'all when y'all start y'all start y'all narrative off by saying, well, I've been telling you about academics for years. You never liked me. How could someone who's never given me a chance now think they're the voice of reason or sh they should even be taken seriously at this juncture? There's a lot of y'all who are journalists who I wish I was getting paid as much as I tweet go viral.
But instead of creating something new, y'all sit around just spewing out ideas and spewing out soapbox things and cancellation shit. It's the reason why you still have a job at whatever company you at, hoping for your paid time off and hoping to get a sick day. And it's the reason you haven't built a motherfucking thing. And you guys can say I ain't contribute nothing because that's what you're trying to give me the knock. Look what I built and look what you built. A bunch of fucking nothing. Thank you guys for listening to me. I will see y'all on Rumble. And I love Spotify for giving me the perfect platform that I could get these rants off. This is why off the record, fucking greatest ever. Spotify, I love you. Rumble, I love you. Twitch, I still fuck with you and love you. And YouTube, I've always loved you. Nothing changed. Only a businessman knowing his fucking worth. Okay? And who knows? Let's see where we'll be in a year's time. All right? It's where academics get in Comox. Make sure you guys like. And, of course, listen to the rest of the episodes. We got one with uh, some Jimmy. Funny Marco was pretty funny. I'm out.